Praise the Lord. Are you ready for the Word of God this morning, family? Well, guess what? I'm going to be continuing on Unshakable. And this is like Unshakable Part 3, all right? And if you do have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me. We're going to look at the book of Psalms this morning. Psalm 27, in particular, is where I'd like you to look at. Uh, Psalm 27. And we're going to look from uh, verse 13. This has ministered to me. I can't tell you how many times when I found myself in a spot of difficulty. I didn't know where to turn to. Didn't have anybody to speak to. But thank God for His Word. And thank God that His Word still speaks to you and I. Can you say amen? Thank God that we're not, this is not a dead letter. This is not black ink on white paper. This is living words. Look at somebody and tell them the Bible is a living word. Look at somebody else and tell them the Bible speaks to me every day. The Bible speaks to you every day. It's not just history. It's not just archaeological stuff. It's not just scientific, geographical stuff. It is real stuff that is relevant. What, what was written thousands of years ago by over 40 authors and took 1,450 years to write is still relevant for you and me this morning. Can you say amen? So Psalm 27 verse 13 says, I would have lost heart. I mean, if you could say, whoa, I, that, there'd be many, many moments, many of those moments. Yeah, two hands going up right now. Two hands going up right now. We, listen, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Verse 14 says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Can you say amen? amen. Now let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come to your word once again, I want to thank you that I has not seen nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that you have in store for those who love you. And I thank you today that it's because of your love, your, your love for us, your goodness, the fact that you're a benevolent God, a God of kindness, a God of grace, a God of mercy. We actually don't deserve anything from you. But I thank you because of the finished work of the cross and because of what Jesus did. That, Lord, your goodness comes to us, and your grace finds us, and your mercy locates us. And I pray today, Lord, let the mantle of your love fall upon every person here today in Jesus' mighty name. Can you say amen? amen. Praise the Lord. I'd like to look at some other scriptures this morning, if you'd like to just write them down. But Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. This is just to encourage you. Isaiah 41 and 10 uh, says in the New King James Version, Fear not, for I am with you. This is God speaking to you this morning. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The New Living Translation says, Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but I feel that these words are very pertinent. These scriptures are very pertinent for you today. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. 
The Message Bible says it like this, kind of cool. It says, don't panic. Just bump your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't panic. Come on, look at somebody else right now and say, neighbor, don't, don't, don't panic. Whatever you do, just don't panic. Don't panic, don't panic. I'm with you. There's no need to fear, for I am your God. I will give you strength. I'll help you. I'll hold you steady. Keep a firm grip on you. Hallelujah. So I want to continue with unshakable this morning. Amen. And I want to begin by saying, if there's one thing that is certain about life, my wife kind of preached my sermon in a way, is that it is uncertain. We are living in times of uncertainty, and life changes every second, every minute, every moment of the day. And how many of you know that some of these changes that happen can be life-shattering? Anybody say, put your hand up, ouch, on that, right? Some of these changes that happen can be agonizing and heartbreaking. How many of you know that life can throw you some pretty skew balls, some sour balls, right? And it is what we say and do in those moments that will determine the outcome of your situation. I believe that Jesus wasn't just a good teacher. He wasn't just a good rabbi. He wasn't just a good prophet. He wasn't just a good person, a kind person, a holy person, a righteous person. I believe that he wasn't even just a savior because of his kindness and his benevolence and goodness. But I believe he was more than that. He was a resurrected savior. Do you know that there are many saviors in this world, pop idols and all kinds of people, but there's only one savior that has resurrected from the dead, and that is Jesus. Hallelujah. Can you say praise the Lord? That means when Jesus died, when he was buried, and three days later rose back from the dead, it tells you that as a savior, he utterly and completely defeated and conquered the powers of darkness. Hallelujah. The curse that was introduced in Genesis by the first Adam was completely obliterated by the last Adam. And if Jesus was able to weather any storm and every storm of life and live an unshakable life, then it means that you and I can also live an unshakable life. Hallelujah. It means that you and I can live an unshakable life. You say, but pastor, hang on a moment. Jesus was the son of God. Yes, indeed he was. But he lived on this earth as the son of man. Every miracle that he did, he did as the son of man. Every eye that was healed, every lame person that was healed, every storm that he went through, every criticism that he had to deal with, all kinds of things that were thrown at him. He dealt it as the son of man. At any moment in time, as the son of God, he could have summoned a whole legion of angels to deliver him from those moments, but he never did. He was reliant on the Holy Ghost. So if Jesus could weather every storm of life and live an unshakable life, how many little Jesuses do we have here this morning? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Can you say amen? amen? An unshakable life is a life that is anchored, it is immovable, and it is indestructible. It is not that an unshakable life is not without its problems. They are problems. 
but rather it's a life that is lived above those problems through a living faith in Jesus and a now faith that comes from the revealed Word of God. In other words, when the Logos becomes rhema to you. And it is this kind of a faith that plants your feet on solid ground. And it is this faith that enables you to become resolute, steadfast, immovable, unwavering, unfaltering, unswerving, and determined. And because of that, you are unbeaten and undefeated. Lift up your hands and say, because of Jesus and his word in me, I am unbeaten and undefeated. Hallelujah. Can you say praise the Lord? Just as the man Jesus describes in the parable in Luke chapter 6, in the first series, first part, I spoke about how uh, Jesus spoke about that parable, that man building his house on the solid rock. Remember, had a solid foundation in Luke 6, uh, 46. But just like that man was building his house, you and I are building our lives. We're building our lives. No one else can live your life for you but you. Say that with me. Nobody else can live my life but me. Nobody else can lay a foundation, a proper foundation, but you. You build by the decisions that you make, the character that you develop, and the attitude that you cultivate. Can I say that one more time? You build by the decisions that you make by the character that emerges from your life and by the attitude that you cultivate. Can you say praise the Lord? If you want an unshakable life, one thing is for sure. You have to dig deep and lay your foundation on Jesus and his unshakable word. Can you say amen? So Psalm 27 verse 13, I read it says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed. Unshakable people are people who are unshakable because of a strong belief system. And because of their strong belief, they never lose heart. Because of their strong belief system, they never lose heart. If you want to have heart and not lose heart, first of all, you have to believe, and then you have to believe that you will see the goodness of God. If you want to have heart and not lose heart, then it's important that you believe. Your belief system is important. And you must believe that you will see the goodness of God. Lift your hands and say, I believe that I will see the goodness of God. In this way, in this way, I will never lose heart. Amen. Everybody has a belief system. And it's up to you what you do with your belief system. You can choose to attach your belief system to things that have no substance in this world. Or you can choose to attach your belief system to things that have substance. In other words, that when all hell breaks loose, 
I want to know whatever I have to attach my belief system to, is it able to carry me through the storms? Is it able me able to get me through to the other side? Is it able to give me joy and peace even when all around me there is turmoil and chaos? Is it able to allow me to see the light even when there is all darkness round about me? What is your belief system in today? We are living in a day and age where everything's generalized. Even in the church, they're just praying in the name of God. Well, which God are you talking about? Because it's important what you attach your belief system to. Hallelujah. Which God are you talking about? And I'm afraid to tell you, but listen, all roads do not lead to Rome. All roads do not lead to Rome. Some people attach their belief system to stars and constellations. And others, it's about a wind chime and throwing pixie dust in the, in the sky. To others, it's about mysticisms and fables and stuff that movies are made from. And all of this takes a lot of faith to believe in. It takes a lot of faith to believe in all this mumbo-jumbo. It doesn't take all that much faith, though, to believe in this Bible, to believe in the gospel. It's a simple message about God loving the world so much that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever should believe on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Hallelujah. So I want to ask you this morning, family, what is it that you believe in? I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of God. I'm here to tell you that I believe in this book. That it is the inspired, infallible, inerrant word of God. I believe in the God of this Bible. The one true God that has been manifested as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Three, yet one. Hallelujah. I believe in the Christ that we see depicted in the four Gospels. Who was born of a virgin conceived, not by man, but by the power of the Holy Ghost. I believe in this Christ who was 100% altogether God and at the same time altogether 100% man. I believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Who in doing so was able to redeem mankind back to himself and reconcile them back to the heart of the Father of God. Can you say amen? I believe in the Holy Ghost. I believe in the blood of Jesus. I believe in laying hands on, on people. I believe that the sick can be healed. I believe this Bible. My question to you is, what is it that you believe in? Because whatever you believe in will determine whether your life will be unshakable or not. Abraham believed God's word, that he would be the father of many nations, even when he had no children. And he believed it, and then he saw it with his own physical eyes. When the Ammonites and the Moabites came against Israel, it was Jehoshaphat that got before the Lord and he inquired of the prophet and the prophet said, you don't need to worry. I'm going to fight this battle for you. Abraham, uh, Jehoshaphat believed God. Hallelujah. And God gave them the victory. You see, your belief system is a very powerful God-given system. But it's what to what you attach it to that will determine your ability to rise above all that life can throw at you. 
And I'm sure that life has thrown some stuff at you. Can you say amen? So the psalmist says in Psalm 27, 13, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see. It's not just about believing, but believing that you will see. Believing that you will see. Hallelujah. Come on. I believe in this book and that, and that by placing this word in your heart, it has the power to open up your heart, enabling you to see with the eyes of your faith. You begin to see what the natural man cannot see with natural eyes. Your believing has the power for you to see God working in the dark. It has the power for you to see God turning your situations around. It gives you the power to see God working the miraculous in every aspect of your life. It has the power to enable you to see that there are more that are for you than are against you. I believe that I will see. Hallelujah. And then not just believe that you will see, but believe that you will see the goodness of God. Lift your hands and say, I serve a good God who desires to do good things for me. Come on, say it one more time right across the campuses. I serve a good God who desires to do good things for me. I looked up the word goodness, and it means kindness. It means graciousness. It describes a state of well-being and happiness. You want to wake up in a state of well-being and happiness. Nobody wants to get up discouraged and depressed and suicidal. You may as well just stay in bed then. But you want to wake up in a state of well-being and happiness. Goodness even goes as far as describing the prosperity of God. Hallelujah. That's the goodness of God. In the dictionary, it says something that is good, something that is valuable, something that is useful. It speaks about kindness and a favor that is shown. Do you know what I've discovered? And just by observation, is that Satan tries to get us to believe that God is actually holding back something good from us. And that we would be better off just turning away from God, turning away from His Word, turning away from serving Him, and doing just as we please. But no, God's goodness to us is an expression of His love and grace. Say that with me. God's goodness to me is an expression of His love and grace. God's goodness actually is an indication that because of His love for us, that God went over and beyond what was expected in order to redeem you and I and to reconcile us back to the heart of God. And what he does is he shows us kindness and wealth and health and happiness and peace and joy. Let's look at some scriptures if you don't believe me. Romans 8, 32. He who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us some things? What? Give us? Freely give us all things. That's the goodness of God. Romans 10 and 12. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, between Zulu and Kosa, Venda, Sutu, Italian, Egyptian, Arabic, whoever you are. For the same Lord 
Over all is what? I can't hear you in this church. Is rich to all who call upon him. That's the goodness of God. Psalm 22, 23 and 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely goodness. No, those are not two dogs that David had. But it's the goodness of God and the mercy of God. Hallelujah. Psalm 31 verse 19. Oh, how great is your goodness. Don't try and tell me that God is not a good God and doesn't want to show his goodness. Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who fear you, which you prepared for those who trust in you in the presence of the sons of men. Jeremiah 31, 12 says, Therefore they shall come and sing in the height of Zion, hearing to, uh, streaming to the goodness of the Lord for wheat and new wine and all for the young of the flock and the herd. Their souls shall be like a well-watered garden. They shall sorrow no more. They, then shall the virgin rejoice in the dance and the young men and the old together for I will turn their mourning to joy. I will comfort them and make them rejoice. And again I say rejoice rather than sorrow. I will satiate the soul of the priest with abundance and my people shall be satisfied with my goodness. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. So David said, Psalm 27, I would have lost heart, verse 13, unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. See, unshakable people know what they believe in. And their belief system causes their heart to be open so that with the eyes of their faith, they are able to see God working behind the scenes. I want you to turn to somebody right now and say, don't panic. God is busy working behind the scenes. Come on. Come on in this place. Don't worry what you read in the newspapers. Don't worry what Trump's done. Don't worry what uh, Brexit is all about. Don't worry what the Rand dollar's doing. Don't worry about the natural. Don't worry about the economy. Don't worry about what the government's saying and what they're not saying. All you got to know is that my belief system isn't the Word of God. It is in God Himself, in Jesus Christ. And I believe that this Word in my heart has the power to open up my eyes. That I believe that I will see, hallelujah. And, I, and that I will see the goodness of God. Can you say amen? amen? Every head bowed, every eye closed in this place tonight. This morning, I mean. Is it morning? Still morning? All right. Praise God. Actually, I want you to lift up your hands right now. Everybody, right across the camps and say, Father, thank you for your word that has come to me today. I am a faith person that has a faith covenant with a faith God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. My belief system is anchored in you, Lord, and in your Word because your Word is forever settled. Your Word is unshakable. And I build my life on the solidity of your Word. I believe that I will see the goodness of God in every aspect of my life. I believe that I will rise above every problem, every calamity, 
every adversity, everything that the enemy would throw at me, because Christ is in me, the hope of glory. I am an unshakable person that has been called by God, that has been called by God, that has been called by God, anointed by the Spirit to live an unshakable life in Jesus' name. If you believe that, give the Lord a praise offering. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe that with all of my heart. Can you say amen? amen? But it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You see, whatever the world offers you, let me tell you, sooner or later, it will be exposed for what it really is. Whatever is not of God carries no substance, no longevity. Whatever is not of God does not possess the power to change your heart. That's how religion works. Religion works on the outside. So if I change my clothing and I change my eating and I change the way that I look, somehow that's going to have an effect on my heart. No, sir, it will not. The change has to come from the inside. And whatever has changed on the inside will manifest on the outside. That's where religion fails. And religion, just like anything else that this world has to offer, let me tell you, that's all it will do because everything out there is actually plastic. It's actually, it turns to dust. It carries no substance. That's why we have to be careful what it is that I believe in. What is it that I believe in? You can believe in the stars and the constellations, but let me tell you, they did not defeat death, hell, and the grave. You can believe holy men and, 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 and whoever it is out there, priests and religious people, but nobody died on the cross, was buried the next day. And three days later, rose back to life again. Men, when, are, when they are dead, stay dead. But Jesus died to come back to life again. And because of that, Jesus alone carries the power to change our lives. Jesus alone carries the power for you and I to base our life upon His so that our lives are unshakable are unshakable. If you build with the wrong foundation, sooner or later, that house will come crashing down because whatever's not of God turns to sand, has no substance to it, is not able, is not able to, to bring about a change on the inside of you. I remember on the 14th of November as I sat in a meeting like this and there was a guest preacher from America talking about how God was blessing him. And I was kind of listening to him with half a year, a, 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 a year, a, a ear, not a year, a year, a ear, listening to him with half a ear. The other half of my ear was listening to what God was saying to me. And I was, I was saying to God, I, I'm just not worthy. Why would you want to hang around me? Why would you want to have anything to do with me? And my life was flashing past me as I saw all the stuff that I did to people and the way that I treated people and the way that I treated God actually was really the most that grieved my heart. 
how I'd turned my back and how I'd been rebellious towards him. And in that moment, I felt this amazing love, the love of God coming to me. And this morning, I want to tell you that that same love comes to you today. The same love that was able to apprehend me is the same love that is about to apprehend you today. Maybe you're at a place where you say, but you know what, I'm also, I've done some terrible things. And maybe right now you're feeling so guilty and so convicted and so uh, uh, just ashamed and embarrassed and whatever else. That's how I felt. I felt so embarrassed about my life. I felt so ashamed about my life. But uh, I just allowed the love of God to sweep over me. Wave after wave of His love just swept over my heart until the love of God convinced me that God's love was greater than what sin could produce in my life. The guilt and the shame and the embarrassment. And today in this place, those of you that don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or maybe you're dilly-dallying with God and you're half in and half out, can I tell you today that it's high time that you put both feet in the kingdom of God? Can I tell you that it's high time that you make a stand, make a stand for God? Come on, I've seen people when they commit to sports, they make a stand for sports. I've seen people when they commit to their business, they make a stand for their business. I've seen people when they commit to alcohol, they make a stand for alcohol. I've seen people when they commit to pornography, they make a stand for pornography. Well, how about making a stand for God? How about giving God your all, just like you gave that sport your all, just like you gave womanizing your all, just like you gave alcohol your all. I'm asking you today, how about you giving God your all and seeing the difference that it'll make in your life. With every head bowed, every eye closed today, right here in Mabel, in Galway, in Phoenix, those of you that are watching by way of live stream, I believe the love of God is coming to you today. And I believe that having half a foot in and half out is over. I believe that being half-hearted for God is over. You're saying, well, man, my life isn't topsy-turvy. You know why? Because you're building with half of God and half of something else. Half of God and half of something else. You can't mix God. You can't dilute the Word. You're either all in or you are out. If you're half in, can I be so bold as to say, you're actually fooling yourself. You're actually kidding yourself. So today, I want to appeal to every single person right across the campuses, because I might never get this opportunity again. Things happen, and life is ever so fragile, ever so fragile. So we may never get this opportunity again, but I feel like God has apprehended every heart. And right now, He's talking to every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, every mother, every father in this place. I want to pray for those of you that say, Pastor, it's me today you're talking to. I'm actually half-hearted and half-in and half-out and today I heard you and something 
clicked in my spirit. And I know that today is my day for taking that stand, making that stand. Yeah, I made a stand for sport. I made a stand for uh, school. I made a stand for my alcohol. But today, I'm going to make a complete and total stand for God. 100%. I want to give Him my life. 100%. I believe that God is speaking to many hearts here today. Many hearts. Many hearts. There are some of you that began well with God, but alas... You know where you stand. You know that it's high time to get both feet in. And that's not, nobody's going to frown on you and look down on you. As a matter of fact, everybody will salute you. Everybody will rejoice. Everybody will be proud of you because it's a stand that you are making. It's a decision. Remember I said, nobody can live your life but you. And the life that you live and the life that comes out of it is determined by the decisions that you make. Let's start by making the right decision, family, today. Let's start by making the right decision. I'm going to give God 100% of me. 100% of me. I'm going to turn my back on the world. I'm going to turn my back on all of those other things that I know are there. But today, I'm coming with all of my faults. I'm not perfect, Pastor. Okay, neither am I. I, I there, there are some things that I need to sort out. Well, let God sort them out. You come as you are. Bring all of your weakness. Bring all of your failures. But let's make the right decision. Let's make the right decision today. With every head bowed, every eye closed. Right across the campuses, you say, that's me. Would you pray for me? I will. I would be glad. I would be honored to pray for you. Right now, I want you just to lift your hands all over this place. Say, Pastor, that's me. Here's my hand. Here's my hand. Here's my hand. God bless you in the back. Lift your hands up right now. Don't be shy. Don't be embarrassed. God bless you. I'm going to make a stand 100% for God. I'm coming this morning, Pastor. Please, would you hold on a moment? Lift your hand right now in Jesus' name. Don't be shy. Go ahead, lift your hand up high. Lift your hand up high. They're in Phoenix. They're in Galway, wherever you are. Right now, right now. God bless you. I want everybody right across the campuses to say this prayer. Everybody, would you say, Heavenly Father, I come to you today in Jesus' name. Just as I am. With all of my faults. All of my failures. And all of my sin. And I ask you for forgiveness. I repent today, Lord. And I give you back my life, my heart, my mind, my everything. You are Lord of my life. Every part of my life. I'm not holding back, but I'm giving you my all. And with my heart, I believe. And with my tongue, I confess that you are the Christ the Son of the living God. Your blood today is what cleanses me and washes me. And I stand here today justified, just as if I had never sinned. I belong to you. Thank you for changing me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Praise the Lord. 
Hallelujah. We're going to head back right now, back to Phoenix, back to Galloway. And a reminder again that tonight, 5 p.m. with Apostle Alan Back. Those of you that put your hands up, all right? You put your hands up this morning. And there's others of you right now. I want you just indicate who you are. Just indicate. I know that there are people with you. They're going to take you uh, to the back just to pray with you, to minister to you, to spend some time with you. All right. God bless you. I see you. Anybody else right now? You prayed that prayer. You'd like to rededicate your life. Just follow those folks. They're going to take you in the back. Spend some time with you minister to you, care for you. That's what it's about. It's not like we're abducting you and then your family won't see you again. We're, we want to minister to you. We want to love you. We want to care for you. All right. That's our heart. Amen. Would you stand up family in this place? Just join hands right across the aisle. How many of you felt that that word was for you today? I would have lost heart. Unless I had believed that I'd seen the goodness of God. It goes on. I didn't finish actually today because it goes on to say, wait on the Lord. Do you know that when you wait on the Lord, something supernatural happens? Isaiah said, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. That's why waiting is so important because waiting is the place where exchange takes place. You exchange your weakness for His strength. You exchange your depression for His joy. And that's what makes you and I unshakable. It's because we know how to wait on God. We know how to renew our strength. Can you say praise the Lord? So Father, I bless every person here today. As we go our ways, I thank you that this word unshakable will unfold itself in every life. It would be made manifest in every life, God. That whatever blows our way, uh-uh, we're not beaten, we're not defeated, we're not pushed down. God, I thank you that whatever blows our way, because we are grounded on the Word of God, I thank you that we can rise above every challenge, every adversity, every problem that comes our way. Greater is He that's in us than he that is in the world. In Jesus' mighty name. If you believe that, say amen and amen and amen.